Good morning and welcome to the original Loretta Brown Show Radio to open the heart, heal the soul, and awaken the consciousness. <sighs> I don't know about you, Benny, but I didn't sleep much last night. There was a solar eclipse on a new moon. So in case you didn't know, all you listeners, maybe that's what's going on. That would explain a lot then. Yes. I. Yeah. <laughs> where were you when I, I should have talked to you on Tuesday to find out if that was. Um, I, I actually was talking to one of my clients yesterday and they said, no, I haven't slept for three days, Loretta. What's going on? You know, like, <laughs> is there something wrong with me? And I go, blame it on the moon. Just blame it on the moon. It'll be okay. Yeah. I think there's a, a, a shirt or something that goes around that says, uh, something like it's it's not my fault. It was a full moon and I was not supervised, right? I want that. <laughs> and it, yeah, me too. It wasn't a full moon. It was a new moon, but we'll talk about that more in just a minute. So I'm the owner of Reiki Oasis located right here in the greater Seattle area for the last 26 to 27 years. And we're doing good things out of there. Um, every Sunday morning at 11, I have a Sunday meditation. And you can sign up for that at schedule.reikioasis.com. And don't worry if you cannot be there at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you sign up, I will send you a recording of the meditation. And um, I'm a firm believer in meditation, quieting. And just take a moment, even if it's just once a week, even if it's five minutes, take a moment, exhale. <laughs> Catch your breath. You know, you don't need to run all the time. Uh, so anyway, it's renewing. It's it's beautiful. And then uh, once a month, I have a class for ladies called Temple of the Divine Feminine. Oh, and this month it will be on June 19th, which will be just before the summer solstice. And oh, I don't know, we, we do with that. It's a Zoom call. So you can join me from anywhere. And once again, you can sign up for that at schedule.reikioasis.com. And a big shout out to my patrons. We are a listener-supported show, and if you want to contribute to that from the great gratitude of my heart, thank you so much, and the gratitude of everyone that gets to listen. You can go to patreon.com slash the Loretta Brown show and um, become part of that Patreon family. So do that if you want to. So I'm going to go into a little astrology report because I already brought it up. And uh, I do want to get to my guest today because I think we need her today of all days. Powerful, powerful things coming up around. So welcome to June 10th and a powerful new moon and an annual solar eclipse in Gemini. This is a north node eclipse, which unlike south node eclipses are connected with our future. Hmm. Something new comes up and changes the trajectory of our destiny. North node eclipses push us out of our comfort zone. <laughs> I feel like I've been out of my comfort zone for at least a year, if not, if not 30, right? <laughs> but also come with opportunities for those who are ready to seize them. At a north node eclipse, we create new karma, new life. And I, I, I am a firm believer that we create this. We're co-creators with God, so don't misunderstand me. We're not victims here. But it means that we need to release a lot of old things in order for new things to come in. It always That's the way it works. So uh, today, nothing obvious may happen because solar eclipses, much like the new moon, are kind of subtle or not, right? However, 
If we were to accurately trace the most important turning points of our life, we would probably find out that they originated at a solar eclipse. Hmm. Now this is not your regular solar eclipse, it's an annual solar eclipse. In an annual eclipse, the disk of the moon <laughs> covers the sun, just like in a total eclipse, but because the moon is a bit further away from the earth than usual, it doesn't completely cover the sun. So there's a halo of the sun that shines from behind the moon, which looks like a ring of fire, or like I said, a halo. A halo has deep spiritual meaning. Many saints are shown with a halo around their head. This can symbolize divinity, holiness, resurrection, enlightenment, or the idea that what is holy and divine, what is of the light, cannot be overcome by the darkness. Ooh. Even in this eclipse, the moon cannot completely cover the light of the sun, which shines out around it. And because the new moon is in front of the sun, we can also see it when normally it would be invisible. So something is revealed to us. So both the light and the dark are present today. And what was supposed to be day is shadowed by the night, which has many people say that a solar eclipse is a fated new beginning, something that must happen, something that the divine brings you, a wild card, something that demands you to adjust to a new situation. So in this solar eclipse and new moon in Gemini, in the fertile union of the sun and the moon, which are those masculine and feminine divine energies, maybe a divine marriage, hmm. something special, something divine is emerging. Annual or halo eclipses are windows into the divine where something our soul knows presents itself. It's not something that your mind knows. It's something that your soul knows. So there's something that we can do, someone we came to meet. There's an opportunity to return to a deep form of love within us, with the divine and with another. It is this fertile energy that we can be birthed into a fresh, vibrant future. Under the energy of this solar eclipse, my advice to you today and for the next three months, which has accelerating energy, is to slow down. <laughs> it's like a tidal wave is here. Something's here pushing you forward. <laughs> Lean back. It's okay. It's going to carry you forward. You don't need to outrun a tidal wave or a tsunami. Just relax and say to yourself, it's okay. They're there. To your beautiful heart it's okay take good care of yourself rest plenty of water take time for introspection i cannot think of a better day for you to be here colette i mean it's just crazy when i was putting that together i was just like yeah goosebumps and and it was like what in the world so feeling that too that's so interesting and i had an experience mm -hmm. this morning actually when i was even reading my book an invitation to a deeper healing yeah. And this invitation to really let God bring in the depth of a healing um, that I have been in for a very long time. And wow. I was wow, yeah. where is this coming from? Yeah, so let me properly introduce you. 
Yeah. My guest today, because I want you to just talk and talk because it's you have such lovely, soft, sweet, deep energy. So my guest today is Colette Lafia. She's written a beautiful book called The Divine Heart, Seven Ways to Live in God's Love. And as we're coming out of this long, wearisome year, our hearts need this sweet offering that she has given to us. Spiritual director Colette Lafia tells us that at the core of our being, there is an ever-flowing love relationship with God. And it's here that we find meaning in our lives. Colette is a San Francisco-based writer, workshop facilitator, and adjunct fac uh, faculty at the Spiritual Directors Institute of Mercy Center, Burlingame, California. She's the author of Comfort and Joy, Simple Ways to Care for Ourselves and Others, and seeking surrender and like i said the divine heart so for those of you on youtube here is the beautiful book and i want to go right back into what you were saying colette because yeah absolutely healing yeah yeah and that how love is the most transformative and healing energy that we can tap into and that we have available to us if we allow ourselves to be receptive. That's what you were really saying. So it's an interesting paradox we find ourselves in. We're anxious to get moving out of the pandemic, and yet it's a time to kind of absorb what has been happening to us during this time. What's been invited to change, transform, heal, grow? Yeah, I love what you said because that so fits into what I was sensing when I was putting that report together was everybody, you know, the, my experience is everybody is like, oh, I've been locked up too long. Get out there. Right. And I do think that, and you even say this in, in your book, in the, in the first part of the book of this, we've been given this time. And the way I have thought about it is that the mother, the great mother, the divine mother, sort of sent us to our rooms, <laughs> not in a bad way, yes, but in a contemplative way. And I, I want to ask you, how did you get interested, involved in the contemplative life? What does, what is, what does that mean? Explain that to people. I would say, well, I got involved in the con, it happened slowly over time, I found myself um, when I was quite young, attracted to Thich Nhat Hanh and mindfulness and meditation. And one of his teachings is to find that in your own tradition. And so I come from the Christian tradition. Um, and so I began to seek that in my own tradition. What are the forms of meditation? What is the history of the contemplative life? And the contemplative life is really a, a unified sense of life. People think it's just the act of meditating, but that's actually just one arm of it. It's more the ability to see life in a unified way, consciousness in a unified field. And that's really what the divine heart is. It's really a unitive consciousness which I call love, which we are all from and in and sharing. And it is the actual energy that we all are living in. And um, I love to quote um, 
T.R. de Chardin, a 20th century scientist and Jesuit priest who said, love is the very structure of the universe. So it's not like the divine is something, okay, we come here and then we bring it in. It's coming with us from our very birth. It's in every star, every stone, every cell, every heartbeat. And so for me, the contemplative life is the awakening of this, this interconnectedness of God's loving energy that's birthing everything at all moments. Well, that is potent and exactly the right message for today. Um, the very structure of the universe. I sometimes think that, um, you know, everything pulses with love. Me too. Mm -hmm. And I've off, I've often wished that someone could come up with more words for love. <laughs> you know, right? it's so funny you say that because that's what I explored in my book, you know, love and we go, oh yeah, love, we all need love. And it's almost just dismissed or it's assumed we all know love. And yet I do feel love is something we need to investigate. We need to explore. We need to be curious about. We need to discover. Each of us discovers love in our lifetime. And I think it's the discovery of love, which is to me, the whole purpose, the meaning. So part of my book was a discovery of love. What are the qualities of love? What can deepen and expand my experience of this love that I am living in? That's why the book is called Living in Love. I am inside of love. I am love itself living inside of love. Well, okay, how do I awaken to that? How do I live that every day? How do I share that? How do I grow in that? And so these seven qualities were really an investigation of that and also come out of my experience as a spiritual director, really working with people who want to deepen that, that intimate connection to love. So how do you actually do it in the nitty gritty? And so my book really explores these qualities, you know, to be receptive, to, in, to live in delight, the savoring, the creation, to live in a sense of expansiveness where we trust the capacity of our hearts and we know our hearts are here to grow and expand. Acceptance, how do we accept the precious being that we've been created as? Not comparing ourselves, but seeing ourselves in a unitive way with everyone else. Like we're all companions, we're not competitors. You know, how do we live in a sense of mystery in the mystery of love itself, of life itself, and actually relish that. And then how do we bring gratefulness to kind of to the heart of it all? So that was my investigation. What is love? How do yeah. I grow in love? How do I live in love? How do I let God love me? How do I love God? How do I share that love with everyone and live in that? You know, um, what you're saying is so rich and full and it's really to the point because I can't even begin to tell you how many conversations I've had with people over the years regarding love and heartbreak, right? Mm -hmm. The brokenheartedness. And someone asked me one time, does the heart have to break? Does it have to break open? How would you respond to that? It's kind of a just hitting you with I a weird question. Say yes. And um, embrace that. Because every time it breaks open, 
it grows, it gets, it gets created more of itself. And then it breaks open and it creates and it get, becomes more of itself. Because, you know, the, the, there is, there's a rawness to the heart. This, and, and this is, I think, something to enter into. And to allow, you know, love to do love's work in us. And so it breaks us and then it grows and expands and it breaks us and it grows, you know, and there's almost a rhythm to that. Mm, Yeah. I'm thinking when you're talking about a wellspring that comes out of it through that breaking the rock open in some manner. Mm -hmm. And I think what you're saying for people to trust in the capacity of the heart. You know, St. Teresa of Avila often says, you know, the heart will grow in divine proportion. Wow. So, you know, you can't think of our heart and love in a very finite, scarce way. Thinking about love in our heart in, in the fullness of the generosity of love, in the creative energy of love. And that's a very different way of thinking about love. I'm thinking about um, the images of Christ and and Mother Mary with the Sacred Heart. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And you know, you see that that's a breaking open. Mm-hmm. But it's a breaking open for a transformation, and it's a breaking open that is inviting us to trust. Trust. And that that's a deep turning point in one's life. <laughs> is to trust the fullness of love, even if you don't grasp it, because you're not gonna grasp it. No, I've been talking a lot to various guests about trust and faith and hope. And I, I really think that your your book helps us kind of wade through that there. I think they're related to love. It's all related to each other, but yeah, a lot of people have lost their their trust. They've lost their faith. They've lost their hope. Um, many people have lost loved ones this year, yourself included. Yeah. Yes. And as we're going through the grieving process, which could be the loss of a person or a, or a way of life, yes. um, you had to deal with those things. Can you talk a little bit about how to help people deal with that kind of thing. Like when we've lost trust, because people have said to me, I'm angry at God. I don't trust life. Yes, yes. You know, I think myself, don't be afraid of that. I think I think the more we can just bring our full self to God. This, you know, I talk about that in the book and one of the qualities of vulnerability you know, bring your rawness, bring your feelings, bring your fullness into God. God is a relationship of love. So if you're holding back, then you can't experience the fullness of what it wants to offer you. So I, w- I would say to people, feel it, encounter it, dialogue with it, express it, let it move. It's an energy. Mm-hmm. Don't let it get stuck talk to it, see what it wants to reveal to you. I would say for myself, don't be afraid of pain. Don't be afraid of pain because pain is held in love. Ah, 
Yes. And if you can hold everything, that's why it's so important for us to keep trusting in how generous love is. This is the most generous energy we can tap into. And the more everything can be held in love and you can allow love to include more. I think sometimes we have a very small, narrow notion of, of God and of love. You know, when I went to the living school and one of the things Richard Rohr would say to us, your God is too small. That's a challenging thought. I mean, I would invite anybody to sit with that. Looking at God as just like things that work out. Hmm. I don't know. That's a different notion. If you could look at God as, as an, as an energy of love that is participating in the human experience with us as a flow. I mean, that is what the Christian Trinitarian tradition is teaching us really is that God is this active participation of dance that we are participating within. That's very different then like this notion of almost like the pyramid, God's up here, please give me everything I want. And if not, I reject you. That, you know, that is what that is. But I'm choosing to look at it differently. I'm choosing to have a different lens, a different perspective on what the divine energy and exchange is all about. I love this idea of dance. I love this idea of dance. I um, I do a lot of chanting, and a couple of months ago, I had a, a a meditation where I was talking about faith, right? And faith came and said, "Dance with me. You you've lost your rhythm." Beautiful. And 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 so I've been dancing with that. So when you said that, my really picked up my ear, and I went. It, it is a dance. It's a dance. It's a dance with God. It's a dance with self, a dance with life. And yes. it, that to me actually steps right into your seven invitations, right? Mm. To dance with this in a different way. Yes. So can you talk about these, these seven invitations? Where did they come from? What are they? Why yes. are they invitations? And yeah. I call it the invitation to the dance now. Yeah, I love that. And actually, in one of the chapters in, in acceptance, um, I talk about dancing with life. And I, and I talk about how I've danced my way through life, how I danced with my sisters during the years that, you know, we had trouble at home. I danced my way through college. I danced my way with my husband on a, on a Friday night after a hard week. So this relationship of dancing and moving and flowing is one that um, I, I love. So thank you for highlighting that. So the seven invitations came from a burst of inspiration and really my own revelation. And I like to share this because I invite when I work with people to trust your own revelations mm. trust, and to trust your spiritual intuition. Because, yeah. you know, some people say, use the word, we're born with divine DNA. And I actually think that we know God, we know this, we know this love that we're connected to. It lives already. We're born with it. And so our job is to awaken it, really. And it's something that's already in our, 
our heart, you know, our heart is the spiritual organ of perception. So we're already wired with this if we just find ways. And that's what my my seven ways are ways for us to tap into that life of the heart that connects us to all beings and all things and the divine. So what happened for me is you'll see, um, that's why I left this open today. You'll see these seven kind of messy, well, they're more than seven, but you'll see these, these drawings. So what happened for me is I was in a journey of seeking more intimacy with God. So that was going on deep within me. You know, God is a love relationship. I was asking myself, so how do I really live this? How do I really live this unfolding intimacy with the divine that I feel I'm being called to? So that was moving through me. And I'm also um, a self-taught artist, more doing it for joy and expression. And so I one day, you can see I'm in, I'm in this kind of small room in my house. I pinned up those papers and I just like a rush of energy started moving through me and I just trusted it. I just listened, I listened. And this is what I, I tell people, listen, learn how to listen. Listen to what's pulsing in you. Listen to what your heart is saying. Listen to how God, God's speaking to you in your very life. Listen, listen. So this was a way of listening. Sometimes we think listening is only sitting quietly. That is a way of becoming receptive. But it's, as you were saying, it's dancing. It could be uh, walking in nature. It could be making love. It could be painting. So I drew these seven pieces and in them, after I looked, I was like, these are elements, elements of the possibility of this divine love relationship that I'm invited to live in. So then I took them and I started writing from them. Each one, I would brainstorm, I would free write, I would look at my journals, I would think about prayers and mystics that connected to it. And over time, I developed the book, but it came from number one, my desire and my interior sensitivity to this unfolding intimacy, and then to my burst of listening to my inspiration and revelation. So that's how they came. I love it. So this is the perfect place to take a little station break. And this is Loretta Brown. I'm really enjoying my visit today with Colette, Colette Lafia, her, her new book, The Divine Heart, Seven Ways to Live in God's Love. Don't go away because when we come back, we're going to go in a little bit deeper into those seven invitations that came out of a desire of her heart. So we'll be right back. Energy is powerful. It's all around us, mysterious, full of potential. Directing positive healing energy to raise your vibrational rate through Reiki can change your life. Reiki master Loretta Brown has relieved stress, sadness, anger, and even helped clients lose weight, stop smoking, and end sleep disorders. Worldwide, people have sought out Reiki Oasis. If you want help with your dis-ease, visit ReikiOasis.com. Harness life's energy. Visit ReikiOasis.com today. COVID-19 is a severe lung infection. Trust the American Lung Association for science-based public health information, especially for the 36 million Americans who live with lung disease. We have resources to protect your lung health. Access expertise from medical professionals and peer-to-peer -peer support through our online communities. 
Visit lung.org for daily updates or call 1-800-LUNG-USA. Do you make a positive difference in the world? Do you have a talent, philosophy, base of knowledge, product or service that you know could help a lot of people if only you could reach them? Join Alternative Talk 1150's family of broadcasters and start walking down a fruitful path. As host of your very own program, dial 425-653-1150 and find out just how affordable it can be to have a show on 1150 AM. That's 425-653-1150. Alternative Talk, we have an opportunity waiting just for you. Alternative Talk 1150, here to uplift your day. <laughs> That's great, Betty. Thank you so much. I love it. Welcome back to the original Loretta Brown Show with my guest, Colette Lafia, author of The Divine Heart, Seven Ways to Live in God's Love. And oh, by the way, you can find me, Loretta Brown, at 1150 KKNW or at com. I'm on Facebook, Instagram. I don't know. These shows are archived. Um, you can find them all over the place. Podcast One, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Audible, probably all kinds of other platforms. And also right off of the KKNW, Lem50 uh, archive site, both YouTubes and audio. There's also a KKNW AM app for your phone so that you can listen to this live and any of the other shows from KKNW live anytime you want. So anyway, uh, welcome back to the show. And before the break, Colette, we were uh, talking about the beautiful illustrations on your wall mm -hmm. and what inspired you to put this book together and the seven invitations. Yeah. So I want to just list off I'm just gonna look right in your book here and you could probably do this better than me I'm just going to say what the seven invitations are and and you can either talk about them or pick one or two to talk about but I want people to sort of have an idea because I want them to get your book um, I, I want to say this too this to me is like you know, and Colette, maybe you can answer better the, the best way to use this book, but I find that it's very contemplative. It's very introspective. Um, um, Colette has put it together to where there's an invitation. There's things to think about. There's there's little meditations. There's journaling. But um, I, I kind of skimmed through the whole thing in order for the radio show, but I got to tell you, this is one of those things where you could go slow. And then I also have been doing this thing where I just open it up. <laughs> yes. right yes. what's there yes yes yeah. yes yes i love that go so read their invitations yeah i'll read them okay so these are her invitations number one receptivity which is listening and responding number two delight feeling life's wonders and savoring each moment Number three, the invitation to expansiveness, trusting our heart's capacity. Number four, an invitation to acceptance, embracing life and who we are. Number five, an invitation to vulnerability, becoming open-hearted. Number six, an invitation to mystery, dwelling in the mystery of love. And number seven, inv invitation to gratitude, relaxing and enjoying the relationship so yeah these came out of your own inquiry 
Yeah, my own inquiry and also as well um, my study in the contemplative life and my interest in the mystics as well. You'll see in the book, I do quote Teresa yes, Arma, Catherine of Siena, um, Hildegard de Bingham, Julia Norwich. So in some ways I'm in wonderful company, you know, Rumi's in there, Thich Nhat Hanh, you know, um, brother Standell Ross. So I, I do love that I brought in you know, my teachers, as well as my teachers from the Living School, you'll hear the voice of Richard Rohr, James Finley, Cynthia Bourgeau. So it's sort of almost all braided together. Um, so when you look at receptivity, you know, I really talk about, and this is something I've really learned as a spiritual director, is the power of listening. You know, St. Benedict said, you know, listen with the ear of the heart. What does that mean? So that means that how do we learn to listen with the heart? And one of the things I always tell people, that doesn't mean your feelings, the heart. People often think the heart and the mind, and then they separate them. Okay, the heart's thinking. But in the spiritual tradition that I have really studied, the wisdom tradition, which is the tradition of consciousness, is really the mind goes into the heart. The heart is our inmost being. It's our place of wholeness. It's, it's our integrated self. It's our whole self. So when we go to listen to ourselves or in prayer or to somebody else, we learn how to listen from the depth of the heart. And the other thing I say in receptivity is one needs to be a good receiver of love because in essence, that's what we are. Our very being is receiving love. That's like we are a manifestation of this divine love. We have received love. This We are a vessel, if you think about it. We are a vessel. And sometimes I'll hold up in one of my retreats a sense of a vessel and that this love is filling you every day and then pouring out of you. So how do we become more conscious of being receivers of love? I think this is very key. And then I go into the path of delight. And that for me started with, you know, God delights in his people. So it's like, God, the divine delights in me? Like that I am actually a delight <laughs> on the planet? It was like, it was such a revelation and a joy to think of myself as delight and to think when I am happy and I am delighting, like I, I go into very small moments, like when I was a kid and I was diving into the water and the delight I was filled with and realizing God was delighting with me and in me and through me. I was like, this is, this is, this is an awakening for me. It was a very joyful awakening. And the energy of delight also invites us into the gift of our senses, delight in, creation in a bird in the sky in the smell of lavender in the taste you know what gifts what gifts of delight i mean you know our world is is such a delight right we to each other are such a delight you know spending a day looking at somebody you know or live with that's and maybe you take for granted in through the eyes of delight really shifts that, shifts your consciousness of that. Looking around your garden with the sense, eyes of delight, the heart of delight. I, I invite people to, to just make that small shift. It's very fascinating. 
Then I go into expansiveness. And this one is really trusting the capacity of the heart. This is something I have been so interested in. Like I said earlier, you know, Teresa of Avila says, after a while, your container will be full. But what she says, what happens, your container gets bigger. It doesn't just over. Isn't that a fast, wonderful image? The base actually grows in divine proportions it's not like it always just stays the size and whatever it fits that's it no more no she's saying it for me i love that i just i love what that invites for all of us wow we are these expanding vessels of love there is just more and more and more and then i go into acceptance And this is, I kind of take off on Thomas Merton's idea is my highest calling is to accept what I am, who I am. And I think he means this in two ways. One is to accept that I am love. This is my true identity. My true identity is not Colette as a writer. Yes, these are channels. These are living my gifts, but my essence is love. My identity is love. And that will reorient you to life, to yourself, to your purpose. And also accepting the delight of who you are. You know, I think so much, and I know this is giving me pain. I was raised in a very large family. All that I was not, I'm not this, I'm not that. And it's like, wait, wait, wait. The invitation is what I am. I was born as this rose, not this rose. Right. Yes, my destiny is to fulfill the what I was born as and to appreciate that. That has been a really deep journey for me. And then vulnerability. You know, we see this if you are a follower of the Christian faith, we see this in the in the path of Jesus. The the vulnerable willingness to become so raw. To you know, and so vulner you have to be vulnerable to live a life of love. You have to, you really do. And you have to grow in your capacity actually to be vulnerable. And then I talk about mystery and this I go into even just the mystery of the cosmos, the mystery of the grandness and the mystery of love itself, the mystery of loving another person, the mystery of letting of letting God be a mystery. Like that's an interesting exploration letting yourself be a mystery, letting life be a mystery, because that again allows it to be uncontained by the human spirit. And and I think that's a beautiful thing. It connects us to something so much larger and it, and it really invites us like, you know, just look out at the cosmos, at the stars, look at a beetle and see just like the wonder of it. Look at your own heart. Let life be a mystery and don't be afraid of that. And also in that chapter, I talk about doubt, how doubt is an integral part of the faith journey and not to be afraid of doubt because you go from faith to doubt to faith. You don't just end there. And that is part of how faith transforms itself in your life. And then I talk about gratitude. And I talk about it in an interesting way because I also talk about the need to allow for rest, as you were talking about, Mm -hmm. emptiness, silence, the kind of the non-doing, 
to to make a ground for gratefulness to more naturally emerge and so making some room for and some space in that chapter i also talk about the healing journey i experienced with my mother as i started to see her life as i aged through the eyes of gratefulness and the complexity and and when you see something through the eyes of gratefulness you can love more because you can love in more fullness love can have pain and love can have sorrow and they can be one that are gifts they are both gifts your sorrow is a gift to you so those are my seven qualities and um i and i still engage in them and use them and and i'm so curious about inviting myself to continue to grow and expand and explore and live in love. So sometimes when I'm not in that space, I'll invite myself, which quality right now do I need to nurture? Oh yes, I need to move into acceptance today. And that will open my heart. So these are qualities that can continue mm. to open your heart. Mm -hmm. Thank you for asking me. It's nice to talk about it. Um, I'm I'm thinking while you're you're talking, especially with the last thing you said, um, you know, because that really is what it is. You talk in your book about the importance of bells, mm -hmm. and and when you said, "What do I need today?" You know, what is that invitation? What is that call? Yes, yes, and bells represent to you and to many people and i'll have you finish that sentence no you're right what, what were you going to say uh an invitation to to stop yes you know stop what you're doing and and go there and listen mm -hmm. stop and then and then become open and see what's calling to you and that's why i like that you said um that you just left the book by your table yeah. or your bedside and then you open it because spirit, you know, with an open heart, spirit steps in, you know, <laughs> and I'm sure you've experienced this. And then you'll come to a page and it's like, oh yes, this is, this is, this is, this is what's calling to me. This is, I will choose to listen. You know, so many people are, sharing with me that they're having a tug on their heart you know something inside them is pulling we might say that's the call of god or the call of the heart um how do we how do we know when we've connected to it you know what is the call of god or the call of the heart well i think you know I will say I that's where I've leaned on like Teresa of Avila or the mystics or Thomas Merton or some of my teachers to, to support me in that. And I would say the call of the heart is one that does bring some peace. Even in the moment, if it comes from a moment of feeling disturbed or a stirring of pain in you, if you stay with it, there's a peacefulness that's going to come to you, some kind of a peace, you know. 
And um, but the stir of the heart can can come from a sense of disruption. Mm. And I think I think is is to know that and and to stay with it. You know, the call of the heart too is could be a call to more silence, could be even a call to maybe explore something, you know, maybe read something, maybe join with the meditation group, you know, listen, listen. I like this idea of exploring um, because I think that people often are like, I need to know now, is this it, right? Yeah, and I think, early on in our spiritual life, sometimes that's what we'll seek. But I think as you go deeper into the spiritual life and you continue to be a seeker, we are a seeker our whole path. This is this is the journey to me, the one of the seeker. It this is this is unending. You know, this this is just an unfolding. So I think Sometimes I like to say, you know, I approach my spiritual life like an explorer, you know, with, <laughs> I do, you know, yeah, discovery, I like that. me, discovery is a really important component, inquiry, discovery, exploration, creativity, the, the spiritual life is very creative. And I think people mm. don't see it like that. Mm-hmm. Or, or mm-hmm. what I'm I'm saying is I'm inviting people to see it like that. Something you engage in. It's like you said with the dance. You engage, you participate. You continue to allow yourself to explore, to grow, to sense, you know, what is this call? What is this call? You know, we sit in silence, we listen to the call, we pray. We might bring in a teacher or a mystic who support us in our efforts. And then something will change and we'll be called to keep going. So that's what I mean. It's creative. And I think to give ourselves the freedom of that. If you look at God as a creative flow and energy Mm. of love, pouring itself out and creating all things in all moments, it's very active. It's very dynamic. It's not stagnant. I love this idea of creative flow. Um, You know, so many people, you know, I'll just recap what you said in, in my own way, but so many people are looking for what does it look like that I need to do, right? Whereas it is the creative flow. And to get that, to understand that and to get that energy flowing kind of puts you like, okay, what, what am I want to create? What do I want to create? Or in, in your case, like I've got charcoal and paper and this is coming out, right? Yes. But it's because you opened up to the creative flow of that. Yes. yes. You know, the inquiry of that, yes. the exploration of that. Yeah. And yet I do myself find that having a daily practice, I do do centering prayer practice. I do have a a daily practice of showing up, showing up for the divine energy to, to connect to it, to move in it, to be the reference point for my day. And I do feel that some kind of attention um, to that, uh, indwelling spirit on a daily basis actually 
opens up this consciousness and this way of living. Thank you for that. I, I appreciate what you said so much because, you know, not everybody lives a life where they can spend a lot of time in contemplation, prayer, meditation, introspection, right? They're busy people. And I, like you, I actually believe in that discipline. You know, yeah. if you put that there and then you do that, um, number one, that can feed your soul. I was talk talking with you during the break for a moment about how I feel like everyone's souls and hearts are dry, right? Yes. And, and to nourish that, yes. you know, to bring the moisture in. Is the yeah, way. the moisture. I love that. The yeah. moisture. And that's why I do feel like my book can support that for people. You know, even if you sit five, 10 minutes and maybe you pick up something, some kind of reading to kind of nourish something in you, what happens in the spiritual life is it's, it's a, it's a, it, you know, um, the slow work of God. It happens over time. And then you might get a grace moment where, <gasps> it just sort of absorbs and something bursts open, but it comes from a kind of this daily attending. Yeah. And it does, you know, I have a busy life too, because as well as doing all this work, I'm a part-time school librarian. And awesome. so I have a very full busy, but to spend like your 20 minutes, you know, in the morning or sometime, you know, just spending that and committing yourself to that with curiosity in some ways, what will this do to me over time? Mm. What does this want to give to me? And just, yeah. just like, okay, and just commit to it. I'll try this for a period of time and let's see, let's see, God, what do you, what do you have go? What do you have up for me? And be curious like that. I think there's this, you know, see this in a loving, generous way. You know, sometimes we think the discipline and discipline is, yes. a, is important. <laughs> But think of it in a soft, gentle way. Yeah. You know, what is the invitation of the discipline? <gasps> it's to awaken to more love. Mm, nice, right? <laughs> I, I like what you said. What, you know, the slow work of God. And then also, I'm, I'm showing up. What, what have you got for me? Yeah. Right? What, what today? Yeah, I'm showing up. Like, you know, Thomas Keating yeah. says your appointment with God. I love that. You know, like your daily appointment. You know, think about it. Yeah. 20 minutes. What do you spend the other 20 minutes on? You know, just, <laughs> hey, we're here. What do you trying have to, me? Yeah, you know? trying to, yeah, trying to figure out which YouTube to watch. Right, right exactly. <laughs> so, you know, I think, you know, you know, one thing that does help is try to join with maybe some other people that can help support you and encourage you as um, in this journey as well. And there's so much now out there and that's available to people. Yeah. And I really do think my book is I wrote it as a spiritual director with really the encouragement of helping people connect with this divine heart in their very daily lives. And even if you just read a little bit and did one of the little exercises I have of breathing, of the prayer, that there's a lot already in that. Well, and there's a couple of things I want to say. This is a very personal book. You have little very personal stories, which I think brings it to the heart, right? Yes. You know, when 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 you're vulnerable, it, it's an invitation for vulnerability. When you're gracious, it's an invitation for gracious, right? 
And you have that built into your book. The other thing is that I just want to point out to people, you don't have to be a certain religion or affiliation um, to enjoy Colette's book. And you, yes. you yourself, Colette, have a, a broad background in, in uh, many uh, religions or belief studies, right? Yes, and I'm really glad that you said that. I, I live in an interfaith uh, marriage, as, and I'm also um, a student of Thich Nhat Hanh, um, as well as the Christian contemplative path. Um, so I'm really glad that you said that. And I, I was very intentional about this book. I mean, I do use references from these traditions, but I think the references are very open and invitational. And so I really, really want people to realize God is an experience of a divine love relationship. And this is what I'm inviting people into. Claim this. You're born into this divine love relationship. Cultivate it. And that is the most important thing, is get to know your own divine heart. It's yours. No one has the, no one's the gatekeeper here. You know, please. So you, you offer things online for people? Yes. So people okay. can go to my website, you know, www.colettelafia.com. And that's one L. And I do offer um, online workshops as well. Um, I've been doing them on Zoom. So it's great. People from all over can join me. And then you can also, I blog. And then as well as you can see the other books that I have written. I love it. I love it so much. Um, I think we've got like maybe a minute or so. What do you really want people to get from this? Last words to the listening audience. Yeah, I think it's really what I said. It's like engage in this divine love relationship that is yours, that is in your heart. Open yourself to it and invite, you're invited in. You're invited in. I love that. Living in the heart of the divine. Yeah. Uh, it was such a pleasure to have you here. This is Loretta Brown, my guest, Colette Lafia, The Divine Heart, Seven Ways to Live in God's Love. And uh, just go get it. You'll be glad you did. It will nourish and water your soul and your heart. Thank you so much. Be careful out there. Uh, un underneath that moon and everything else that's going on, and remember to take it easy, not only today, but in the next three months, you don't need to outrun the tidal wave. Lean back in it and let it take you forward. I was doing a talk last night, very briefly, I did a talk last night on sound and music. We talked a little bit about the beautiful goddess Sarasvati, the goddess of music and wisdom. And she leans back in her swan boat and she sings her way through life. So again, be receptive, mm -hmm. be, be receptive and curious. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you so much, Loretta. This was such a conversation of the heart. I really appreciate it. I loved it. Thank you so much. Bye now.